Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Fi, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about lasers. Is it true that a laser beam actually does get wider over a distance? I read that it can be a few feet wide by the time it hits the moon. Is that a manufacturing limit or just something about the physics of light? Oh yeah, that's actually a property inherent to all laser beams. Most lasers have a shape called a Gaussian, and that type of beam has a property known as divergence. Divergence as in how much a beam diverges. Exactly. So it's basically the angle at which the beam spreads as it travels. And the divergence can be controlled, but has a minimum that is determined by the wavelength and the beam diameter. So there are methods to actually achieve very small divergence, but it requires actually a large beam size and also very challenging optics to make. You're always going to have some spread, though. So why are most lasers red and, you know, you don't get, say, a white laser pointer? Oh, there are many colors, uh, but the problem with white specifically is that, well, white's not really a color. (laughs) A white laser pointer, kind of like a white LED, would have to be made of a red, green, and blue laser. And since those lasers have what is known as coherence around different wavelengths. Coherence? Oh, let's come back to that one. But to have coherence around multiple wavelengths, you'd have to focus your pointer so that the three layer uh, lasers converged on the exact same point of reflection. So that's really hard. You know, you'd have to know how far you were from the surface you want the laser pointer to land. Otherwise, you just have three kind of over somewhat overlapping laser dots. Um, you know, another, another way to think about it is to get a narrow, powerful beam of light, which does not spread out as much like the divergence we talked about. Uh, or get as weak with distance, the light beam needs to be the same frequency and wavelength, basically the same color. There are white flashlights, though, out in the market. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, Those are a little different. Those are LEPs, uh, or laser-excited phosphorus flashlights, uh, which now produce, you know, a laser-like white beam but they are actually nowhere near as focused as a typical laser they think about. They're kind of in between, actually, a flashlight and laser. Okay, maybe now's a good time to back up a little bit because you mentioned that term coherence, and it might be useful to ELI-5. What makes a laser different to, say, just a powerful flashlight? Oh, cool. So we can start with just the word laser itself. Did you know it's actually an acronym? Mm. (laughs) That stands for Light Amplification. Light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. I see. Quite a mouthful. But what makes it special is this property called coherence. Uh, Lots of things can radiate light, like a light bulb, but the light will not be organized in one direction and phase. But by using an electric field to control how the light is created, the light in a laser is of one single wavelength. So that's why it's also a single color and also goes in one single direction. Uh, That's why it's actually called coherent radiation. I know lasers have two mirrors facing each other in order to create this effect, but wouldn't a light beam just get weaker between them? And how does a beam escape if it's trapped between two mirrors facing each other? Oh, yeah. So a laser, it creates light by these special actions involving a material called an optical gain medium. Uh, This is basically a material which makes light stronger when energy is applied to it. 
So light moves through the medium between the two mirrors that reflect the light, you know, back and forth between them. And one of the mirrors, however, only partially reflects the light, which allows some to escape. And that escaping light is actually what makes up the laser beam. Interesting. Did Albert Einstein invent the laser? Oh, not really. Um, but Albert Einstein was the first to have the idea of stimulated emission that could produce a laser. You know, from that point, many years were spent to see if the idea worked. And at first, people succeeded in making uh, masers, which were kind of like lasers with microwaves, not actually with light waves. And also similarly, maser is an acronym for microwave amplification by stimulated emission radiation. You kind of see the resemblance there? I do see the resemblance, yes. Yeah, so, you know, you had masers, and then in the 1960s, they figured out how to make shorter visible wavelengths. So why is it that lasers ended up being used in barcodes? How exactly do they work? Oh, yeah, that's a really fascinating application of lasers. Um, when you point a laser at a barcode, what happens is that light reflects back off of the barcode into essentially a light-detecting you know, component called a photoelectric cell. And white areas of the barcode reflect the most light, while black areas reflect the least. So that's basically how the, the barcode scanner works, right? The scanner moves past the barcode, and because it's got different black and white stripes, it generates a pattern of on-off pulses. Uh, so for the pattern, it might look like you know black, white, black, black, white, white. The cell would send the electrical signal back, you know, off, off, on, off, etc. So it's reliable, it's accurate, it's fast, and that's why laser barcode scanners are so widely used. And final question, is it true that lasers were pointed at the moon to measure the distance from the Earth? Oh yeah, yeah. This is a great way to prove that we did land on the moon as well. Uh, lasers are used to measure the distance of the moon from Earth by reflecting off reflectors left on the moon by the Apollo missions. Mm. And so because we have those reflectors left there, we can measure the time it takes for the light to travel to the moon and then back again, and therefore figure out exactly how far away the moon is. Very interesting. Thanks, Kevin. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have suggestions and comments for us. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you take the time to leave us a rating. It helps other people to find this podcast, and it only takes two minutes. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explainlikeon5, and we will see you all next week. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have comments and suggestions for us. 
If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to go leave us a review or a rating on Apple iTunes because it helps other listeners to find this podcast. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.